Hi, I wrote a book, and I'm going to read it to you. And basically, this is a book about some junk food addictions that I've run into over the last few years, and I thought it would be important to talk about it and write it down because I realize that there are people out there that have quite a few different food disorders. Um, Luckily, I haven't had anything too severe, but it was severe enough where it was affecting my day. So I wrote down all the thoughts, feelings, all of that in the whole process of trying to figure out what was going on. Like, why, why did I get so addicted to junk food? So, um, this is the book. I'm going to try to bring it up here. It's, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. If you're listening in, you won't, but that's okay. There's the cover. I don't know if it's going to come out right, but, um, it's called Fill Your Fridge, Memoirs of a Junk Food Addict. Now, I typically do children's books, but I thought I'd make this book, and it's kind of a short read, so it's not going to take too long, but uh, I tried to make it a bit humorous as well, trying to make the situation not... I don't want to downplay the situation, but I didn't want to give it some sort of power, and I wrote about this, and I'll talk about it, but sometimes looking at the situation and kind of poking fun at it helps you disarm the situation so that it doesn't control your life. And we often get so serious about habits and behaviors and bad things that happen to us. And the reality is we let it take control of our thoughts and feelings and it can kind of ruin our day. And that's no fun. So... Yes, I've added some humor to it. Um, If you are sensitive to humor, or I don't know, maybe you're too serious, it might not be the appropriate read for you, but uh, it doesn't matter. It's free. You can get it for free. It's actually on Amazon as well, but it's also free on my website, or you can donate, but uh, that's not important. What's important is solving any food disorder issues you have. If you have food disorder issues, you'll find that this read is very different from what you're going to get from most books. So, um, And it's quick. This isn't some sort of professional thing either. I'll read through it. I only put this together in a few days, so... Um, I have a big table of contents as well. I'm not going to go over it because I'm going to go section by section and I'll just read off the section. Each section is quite short. We're looking at, I don't know, 30 or 40 different sections. They're little bite-sized sections. Some of them have poems. Some of them have uh, much longer advice tips, advice that I would add an asterisk to because, once again, I'm not a doctor or dietitian. But I've learned some things. And 
if someone else is struggling, I think it would be important for me to share because then maybe we're not alone in this. But hey, here we go. Here's the preface. Preface? Preface? Why don't I know what the pronunciation is of that word? I don't know. We'll go with preface. <laughs> I was debating on the title of this book. Should it be a memoir? Should it be an unconventional guide? Fiction? Nonfiction? Children's book? Donuts? <laughs> See, this is a snapshot of my squirrel-like thinking. As a person who has no background in nutrition, I simply cannot tell you what to do with your life. Arguably, the nutritionists shouldn't either. If you went to medical school today, you would not learn about proper nutrition or diet. That explains why prescription meds are so popular among the docs. Even Harvard med students are graduating without a learning foundation in food. While attending my university's psychology classes, we never talked about eating habits and their connection to the mind. Not one bit. Most of us can barely control our minds after school graduation. Now, I'm just an average dude with a marketing degree. Of course, this is why my book will become a number one bestseller. Due to my lack of credentials, there is no way I can call this a guide and tell you to follow it. Instead, I will share my cream-filled, scratch that, fun-filled journey in the hopes that you will find solace in the fact that you are not alone. I hope my stream of consciousness writing approach is not too chaotic here. Editors would have a field day with my writing. Which is why I say forget them. Let's freestyle this. Forget the book cover designers too. I'll put something together and slap it on the front. We're here to bond, you and I. Oh, I just lost my page. This happens. We're doing this live. No editing. Um, I'm trying to find where I was because I have this tablet and if you rotate it what happens is um, all the pages get kind of mashed together here we go um, I'll put something together and slap it on the front okay we're here to bond you and I I'm about to share intimate details with you untouched raw and true to life details when searching on Amazon for books related to junk food addiction, you'll find several scientific copies by educated people. However, few books bring an addict's perspective to the dinner table, pun intended. You will get to see the dark moments as well as the light ones here. There are actually light moments. If you don't want to read through this whole thing, Definitely skim section by section with the table of contents. Of course, if you're on YouTube, that'll be tough. But you'll be able to get the book 
and you can like go through it. Keep in mind that this book is quite small and should only take one sitting to plow through. You're welcome. If you're tired of reading about junk food addiction, I can offer one suggestion that helped me at the time of writing this book. That's right, you can stop reading this book after my one golden, anecdotal, unprofessional, outlandish, unconventional suggestion. I'll give you a hint. That suggestion is the book title, Fill Your Fridge. Next section. And I'm just going to say next section to help separate things, and then I'll say the title just to make it a little easier to follow through. Serious disclaimer from the author by lawyer request. All psychological food disorders are serious business. This book was designed to bring a positive, humorous perspective to the situation in the hopes that you and I We'll make it through this together. In my heart, I know you can recover and regain your life. This story was crafted with the deepest of love. If you cannot afford the book, I have it available as a free PDF on my website at Trevor Cars. Cars is spelled with two S's, one R, dot com. TrevorCars.com. This isn't about book sales. It's, okay, maybe a little bit, but uh, not, not so much. It's about sharing a message in the hopes that I can somehow save destroyed lives. I'm trying with mine. Sugar can kill us over time. And if your situation is serious, I hope you're in good hands. If not, do grab this book and read it with a loved one. They might be able to laugh with you while hugging you lovingly. If that might be a tall task, anonymous professional advice is available online and offline. With economical options available for all situations. Lastly, I really do hope you get better. If my words can bring you a laugh or two, that means something special. If it helps, you change your life for the better. That would be even specialer. Is that even a word? XOXO Trev. Next section. Introduction. I'm an addict. I see sugar. I run towards it. Think Denzel Washington from that movie Flight, but nearly ten times worse. How did this ever happen? Why am I losing control of my eating habits? I liked sugar, but never to the extent that it would rule my day and rule my mind. I think it all started in corporate. I remember when we had these massive birthday cakes every month to celebrate with staff. I would literally leave my work desk to scurry into the lunchroom and munch away on yet another piece. At the end of the workday, I would hastily take two more pieces with me for the car ride home. Imagine driving with a plate of birthday cake, fork, 
napkin and the steering wheel. I was in a world where dietary rules didn't matter to me. Nothing would make a difference to my weight, high metabolism. But I knew deep down that this would affect my internal organs in no time at all. I wish I could say that this all ended and my life magically corrected itself. It didn't. Sure, a few extra pieces of birthday cake can't hurt, but five years later, this small indulgence turned into days filled with every sugary treat imaginable, affecting my career, finances, relationships, and more. Here's my story, and here's what I'm doing to take control. Next section. Eating ice cream every day for a year. It was only supposed to be a 30-day challenge. It ended up being more. 365 days. Maybe even more than that. My favorite ice cream to eat is Ben and Jerry's, half-baked. Tonight dough is tasty too. I will also accept Haagen-Dazs. Just a few years ago, I never even tasted Ben and Jerry's. Where was this all coming from, this desire to be eating ice cream every day, nonstop? Okay, I'm not sure how this section fits into the book, but alas, it's bleeding on the page, moving on. While working in the big city, job number two after leaving the big corporate gig, bakeries line the streets at every corner. I couldn't get to work without running into something sugary. Every day, I would remain dissatisfied with the lunch I had hastily prepared. Instead of eating my lunch, I would look for a hit. Anything to get that coveted sugar rush and escape the stress that was my 9-to-5 job. Anything sugary would do the trick, anything at all. I'm not sure if this sugar addiction had to do with me impulsively leaving that job, but I'm sure it didn't help the situation. When your mind is controlled by a nearby bakery, that's a red flag. Next section. Relationships. I had a girlfriend and job, but it all came crashing down one day. I left both, likely as a result of my mind being unable to handle reality. I'm not here to blame sugar for all my faults, but it never helped the situation. But I swear, sugar gave me mood swings. (laughs) You know, mood swings. Sugar, it's all your fault. I'm sorry for yelling at you. Let's make up. Instead of working on relationships with people, I would resort to finding the nearest donut shop. Hours every day would be spent in isolation, seeking a new taste, a new treat. Even as I was surrounded by people in the grocery aisles, I couldn't be further away from the reality of true human connection. My mind was numb and simply did not allow reality. Not having a secure job eliminated any structure to my day. Without structure or purpose, you can easily become undisciplined in your day-to-day activities. 
If you are not scheduling social events in your calendar, things can quickly fall apart. Next section. Skin issues. My skin suffered. Things started happening like never before. Rashes, flakes, redness, itchiness, burning sensations. My face was especially tortured by the addiction, as everything under my eyes and on my cheeks were cosmetically disastrous. Even with prescriptions from several doctors, I couldn't keep the skin at bay. At first I thought it was just because of the summer months. Maybe I'm starting to react to the sun. The thing is, I've never had this issue in my life, aside from a few rashes on body parts. When one doctor suggested well, one doctor suggested I take allergy shots, but I didn't want to destroy my immune system with chemicals. Also, these allergy shots wouldn't stop a reaction and addiction to sugar. Seemed kind of pointless. Sadly, countless teenagers were in that doctor's office waiting for their expensive dosage that day. How many people are taking allergy shots in this world when they don't even need them? I let the skin issues suffer, even though just a few days sugar-free would reduce the symptoms that I was having. I thought nothing of it. Or maybe I wanted to blindly destroy myself. Regardless of the visible havoc on my body, I seemed controlled and manipulated by junk food. Next section. Therapy. I remember going to a therapist to address several issues in my life. When I brought up this unhealthy obsession with junk food, the advice was to sit with the thoughts and see if they pass. If they don't pass, it's okay to allow ourselves that treat. I tried this, but the second I allowed myself one treat, more flowed in. For some reason, this advice might work. Or for some, this advice might work. If you can sit and control your thoughts, it's possible that your urge will pass. Maybe I never clearly emphasized how serious the problem was. I did not have any self-control when introduced to junk food. I never mentioned the fact that storefronts would be a trigger price tags would be a trigger, anything was a trigger. I needed to be able to walk through the freezer aisle without grabbing ice cream. I couldn't. Next section. Now, I'm a, just a quick note, I might be stumbling along, and it could be because of the floaters. I have like permanent floaters that I, and clouds in my eye, but um, I'll do my best. But, you know, I like the raw feel. So sometimes if I stumble along, that's okay. I think if we all stumble, that's fine. Next section. Ooh, this one's my favorite. Little Debbies. Mm. Little Debbies everywhere. Little Debbies everywhere. Tasty tiny snack cakes one by one. Oh, Little Debbie, you're so much fun. Why are you so good to me? Oh, look, there's a Twinkie. 
Little Debbies everywhere. Little Debbies everywhere. I hope you like that poem. I like that poem. And I think now is the time to note a disclaimer. So this is the next section. Disclaimer. Not a doctor, dietitian. Uh, neither of those. I thought it would be wise to mention that I'm not a doctor or dietitian. If my book causes you to relapse into submission, it means we still have some work to do. Junk food will never go away. It's not like heroin, hiding in isolated places. If you crave ice cream after reading this, my sincerest apologies. If you're in a hard place and you can't escape, professional advice might be for you. Only you can decide this. Or... If you're like me and want to try something unorthodox, let's keep reading this book. Next section. When one pint is not enough. We never talk about alcohol and sugar as similar addictions. Sure, we talk about abuse of these substances, but I think there is something deeper. The biochemistry in our brain suggests we need that next pint for a better sensation. If someone needs more and more dosages, dosages? Is that a word? Doses. Hmm. Whether it be alcohol or sugar, that's an addiction problem. When I moved from 500 mils to one liter of ice cream per day, I knew that sugar became numb to me. I was chasing a bigger and bigger hit. I needed more and more. Just as future alcoholics start with one glass and move up as tolerance gets stronger, I was becoming tolerant of ice cream. Next section. Fried chicken. 11 p.m. I want fried chicken. Forget being responsible. Time to drive in my automobile. I want fried chicken. Gimme, gimme, gimme grease. Batter, 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 please. Note, there is no sugar in the fried chicken unless you get those sweet, sweet dipping sauces. Mm -mm. But I only realized that after writing this poem. Let's keep the poem. It's cute. Plus, fried chicken is just plain bad for you. Next section. Why having a full fridge is good. Mine used to be empty. Okay, I've been going on and on about sugar. Let's talk about the unconventional title of this book. Fill your fridge. Why would I be encouraging people to fill their fridges? Well, I had an empty fridge for most days during my addiction, and there are a number of cause and effect variables at play here. Unfilled fridge equals eating out plus no control of your day. Unfilled fridge equals I'm tired, let's buy ice cream. I would get to the point of never cooking anything. Empty fridge? Time for McDonald's! It wasn't until I started filling my fridge that I curbed cravings to an extent. Another acceptable book title could have been Eat Before You're Hungry. With a full fridge, you'll be less likely to wait on eating. That's actually a good thing to me. 
if you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait, you won't want to cook or prep anything, even a bowl of nuts. By eating enough and eating before temptation, you regain control. Now, those with psychological eating disorders might be struggling with this, and naturally so. I have been skipping breakfast ever since corporate, only to realize I would fast, then binge, then fast, then binge. Fasting is fine, but only if you aren't binge eating to break your fast. I'll talk more about this in another section. Uh, I'll just add something to this. I would skip breakfast and then not eat anything until like two or three when I was working, and it usually was something from the bakery. Okay, back to the book. A full fridge is a sign of responsibility, indicating that you are wearing big boy or big girl pants. That's good. Being irresponsible and reactive will only turn you into an addict. Consider making a shopping list of the items you always need to have in your fridge. Here's my list, which I keep on my phone, in a notes app. Any notes app will do. So here's the list. And it's basically pescatarian in nature. If you Google that, you can find what that means. It's like seafood, greens, vegetables, seeds. And I try to stick to this, okay? I try to have my fridge filled with this. So, okay, here we go. Wild sockeye salmon. I'm just reading the list, just a note. Albacore tuna, sweet potato, spinach, kale, sauerkraut, carrots, olive oil, coconut oil, avocados, blueberries, raspberries, pink salt, pink Himalayan salt, walnuts, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, macadamia nuts, cauliflower, broccoli, chia seeds, cucumber, coconut milk, hemp protein, that's that's the shopping list. Um, depending on your food allergies, that might be different. But those are incredibly clean foods. Incredibly clean. Um, they're all grain-free. Chia seeds are like a... They are a seed. Uh, so I don't think they're a grain. But people will debate that. So there's a debate on all this. But... Based on this, this is like grain-free, sugar-free. It's it's a pretty clean it's a pretty clean list, and you you satisfy your cravings with like the berries that that really helps. Um, you don't eat the fish every day, okay? You might alternate. You might do like two days of fish and maybe two days with some tasty sweet potatoes. There's many different recipes online that you can grab and kind of decide what what works for you at first the food's not going to taste good that's just the reality i mean nothing tastes better than sugar especially when you've been on it but okay back to the book here you get all these little bonus things through youtube the podcast you know stuff you just don't get from the book makes the book seem well it's good it's good you can read it on your own time that's that's the good thing about it 
multiple formats, changing the world one step at a time. Okay, food allergies. Here are my food allergies. Hazelnuts, almonds, banana, celery, sesame, oranges, egg whites, cow milk, goat milk, pistachio, cashew, Brazil nut, pea, borderline, casein, borderline, wheat, borderline, barley, borderline, sugar. I'm not really allergic to sugar, but I think my body thinks it is. Okay, we're still on this section. The food allergies list helps to remind me what I need to avoid when filling my fridge. Talk to your physician about allergy tests. Mine was free, but I'm in Canada. I also did an extensive allergy test after the, or before the free one, uh, where they take blood to see how sensitive you are to various foods. And if you hear that background noise, it's either my fridge or construction truck outside. Okay, back back to this. Where they take the blood to see how sensitive you are to various foods. The test is over $400 here in Canada. And I'm not sure I can wholeheartedly recommend that allergy test. I question the validity of it especially since you are more likely to be sensitive to foods that are already in your diet. Once again, have a discussion with your physician or dietitian. See what makes sense. By eliminating foods you are allergic to, you reduce the chances of inflammation and mood deregulation in your body. My binges were caused by sugar primarily, but also, these food sensitivities can have an effect. I always wondered why egg salad would cause diarrhea for me. Now, I know, it's those darn egg whites. Who is honestly happy after a diarrhea session? Not too many. You'll likely reach for that can of ginger ale over a glass of water or nutritious, fi- nutritious food. I know I would on a diarrhea stint. Next section Food hopping We all know about bar hopping But how about with food Have you ever hit up all the fast food joints Bakeries and ice cream stores in your neighborhood Within a few short hours Food hopping was my ultimate demise Week by week Fortunately, I didn't build this particular food habit into a daily thing, just weekly. Sometimes a few times a week. If I food hopped every day, I would be dead by now. It's unfortunate. You might be thinking, Trev, that can't be too bad. It's just every few days... Mm, well, not if your day consists of starting off at McDonald's in the morning for two McMuffins. I like the McGriddles, actually. The McGriddles. Oh. Oh. Then the donut shop for three donuts. Then ice cream times two pints. Then a whole pack of Little Debbies. I like the zebra cakes. Very cute packaging. 
or cookies, or king-sized chocolate bars, or all combined. Then a big juicy burger to top it all off. That would be a food hop day for me. One junk food distributor after another. Thousands of calories, probably tens of thousands. All pure junk. It was enough to wipe out that day and the next day for recovery. Mornings would be rough after a food hop. (laughs) Just like a disguised hangover. To counterbalance the food hop session, exercising two hours each day kept me in check. If you can call it exercise, I was trudging along like a zombie most days. Next section. Fats are friends. Some will say that high-calorie foods like nuts or oils are best to be limited. If you have a junk food addiction, eating nuts and oils can be the best way for you to stop. You saw my shopping list there. I have several oils that I use, several nuts, and several seeds. I get serious calories from these foods alone, and those calories help me avoid junk food. There's a significant difference between healthy and unhealthy calories. I will shake a monkey fist in the air the next time someone says walnuts are too fattening or calorie rich. Did I mention I'm not a doctor? If you're following a particular diet and absolutely have to reduce calories, look at swapping sugary food, sugary junk food, for nuts. Most people who have to reduce calories are the people eating junk food. I have never come across a person who eats too much spinach. They are probably out there, though. Cough, cough, (coughs) rabbits, (coughs) cough. Next section, meditation and mindfulness methods. When it comes to thought control, meditation seems to be the hit thing these days. If I did more of it, this book might look a little more cohesive. I'm just getting into it as a daily habit, even if I take a breath for a few quick minutes. Most people get caught up in the form, technique, phone apps, etc. But laying down on my back, with knees bent 90 degrees, and feet planted on the ground seems to do the trick for me. Sometimes I fall asleep, but I honestly can't complain about that. Laying on your back relieves any tension you may be getting from attempting upright meditation. My approach is definitely unconventional, just like everything else in this book. For breathing, I just breathe normally. And as time goes by, more calmly. This whole inhale-exhale thing is really dramatic. Meditation is simple, requiring just your body and mind. That's just one addict's opinion to another. For thinking, I just watch my thoughts pass by. I don't control what happens. I've tried various methods of meditation, all of which never stuck as a habit. I've modified it to suit my preferences. If you are finding meditation to be uncomfortable, give my approach a go or modify it to suit you. You might just enjoy it.
when thoughts about ice cream and cookies come floating in, you will be well prepared to send them away without sin. Not religious, but I needed a clever rhyme there. Next section. Whopper Woman. Seeing an elderly woman struggle to afford a meal at Burger King. It broke my heart. Just terrible. She frequented that location every few days and couldn't find enough money for the meal. She begged and pleaded and put up a fuss and asked for the manager and... It got me thinking, why am I here? Waiting in line to order something I will regret. Why do I want a dark cloud over my head? A dark cloud from wasting away my life on junk food. This is stupid. I don't want to be the Whopper woman. I'm out of here. Forget the Whopper. I proceeded to order my Whopper meal, chicken nuggets, and dessert, devouring it all in a few minutes. I would return next week. You bet your bum I would. Ooh, Whopper Wednesdays. Next section. The Tales of Junk Food Demon, a.k.a. Psychological Torture on Your Mind... You get really stressed and sweaty when all you can think about is junk food. Do I leave my apartment at 11pm and drive one hour for fried chicken just after finishing a whole box of Little Debbie's? We all know the answer, but a heck yeah will will do. (laughs) Instead of being responsible for my life, I spent time battling with my mind every day. Some days I would actually win. In a month, I might win one or two battles of the junk food demon. It wasn't a lot, but I was ecstatic when I won. I usually cried epic man tears those days. The junk food demon is inside all of us. It lurks in the cupboards. It sleeps on the same pillow as you. It's in the air. Can you smell those... McDonald's french fries beyond the golden arches? Sometimes you have to live so terribly in order to make a change. Rock bottom is an awakening, but some never escape from it. Just remember that Whopper woman. Next section. In and out burger. We booked a trip, rented a van, and headed on down to California. The whole time, I wanted In and Out Burger more than Disneyland. I was not disappointed. Next section. Reese's Fast Break. Chocolate, peanut butter, nougat. Say it with me now. Chocolate, peanut butter, nougat. Louder. Chocolate, peanut butter, nougat. Thank you. And give me my Reese's Fast Break. Next section. Mom's secret stash of Welch's fruit snacks. You know those little chewy snacks in the shape of fruit? Yup, pure sugary goodness for your kids. Well, let's be honest, the grown-ups love them too. We look forward to visits with the parents just so we can indulge in those treats. Did I mention they're gluten-free and preservative-free? Mmm. Next section. I won't binge tomorrow. Accepting and moving on from bad days is hard. We often say this will be the last straw, the last time we ever eat junk food. 
We go out with a bang and food hop like crazy that day in the hopes of consuming all that we love before saying goodbye. Even a Whopper woman can't scare us, and we find ourselves back in line at the local donut shop, hungover from junk food and ready to pounce on treats all over again. To not binge tomorrow, it takes a little bit of willpower and a little bit of planning to follow through with your objective. Fill your fridge. Eat before you're hungry. It's all easy to say that binge eating will stop, but you really have to want it. I love devouring self-help books in the hope that my life will be better tomorrow. After 10 plus years of personal development consumption, my life could be better, even without the rah-rah and the clapping. It starts with a life plan. You need to master these 33 areas of your life in order to reach enlightenment. What's incredible is I'm giving you this tremendous value away for free. I just need your email life insurance number and your deed to your home. Trust me, your life will be better. Kind of sounded like Donald Trump there. That paragraph was meant to be funny. Uh, Hey, I would think it was legit too. Where was I getting at? Oh, yes. Now I remember. Saying your life will be better is... Well, saying your life will be better tomorrow is a fallacy. You actually have to think of a reason why it would be. And you have to actively do something about it. Three, two, one, action! No amount of life categories will prepare you for sudden urges, especially that fluffy, delectable chocolate loaf from the Starbucks on every street corner. After working in corporate, I've seen countless people saying they will do X, Y, Z tomorrow, myself included. Why? Oh, wait. I lost my, I lost my point. I lost my position. Yeah, why? Because there isn't one. <laughs> See what I did there? Well, aside from the mistake, um, there's... Um, yeah. Because there isn't one. Um, I'm trying to understand what I was saying here. I think I completely messed this paragraph up. Let's go to the next uh, sentence. (laughs) You likely had the motivation in a moment, some burst of energy pulling you in a positive direction. Poo on motivation. Give me a boring man and I will show you brilliance behind his eyes. Success is a series of extremely small wins. Wins so small that no one will care what you do. If you want to stop binging tomorrow, start smaller than these false promises. Fill your fridge. Next section. Sugar is more addictive than cocaine. Fortunately, I can't say this from personal experience, no hard drugs here, but science is saying sugar is tough to stay sober from. Great, I'm not a lunatic after all. Well, maybe a little. If science is making this claim, where is sugar regulation? Huh? Right? Do we have to somehow die on sugar overdoses before anyone takes notice? It's not even possible, I don't think. Sugar is everywhere. With no social support, 
to help addicts. There is a ton of peer pressure to keep consuming because it all tastes good and won't kill you on the spot. But with obesity growing in the world, maybe I'm not as bad of an addict as I thought. When will someone wake up and control what goes into our grocery stores? Something like 70 plus percent of food items in a grocery store have added sugar. Companies know that they can make a killing off of sugar addictions, and obviously governments will love them long time when it comes to the amount of taxes they bring in from these corporations. Hey, maybe this book will be an awakening. Probably not. Sugar is everywhere, and people, such as bakers, corporations, grocers, donut dealers, will hate me for making any, no any noise on this whole subject. Next section, donut dealer. Come on in, you know you want one. <laughs> Come grab a piece of this fluffy goodness. Don't let me go to waste now. It's all near closing time and I'll make you feel extra comfortable. Grab a nibble before we run out. It's almost closing time. Child, don't you worry about a thing. Come on in for a taste. It's just a taste. You know. Come on in, you know you want one. Next section. Saying sugar is dog poo doesn't work. I kept associating sugar... Or I kept associating sugary foods with dog poo. Hmm, for some reason I must really like dog poo because I'm still holding a donut. In reality, true addicts will lick sugar off the ground. No poo can detract from that high. Ooh, baby. Also, do you really want to associate things with incorrect things? How bizarre will we all become if we see our own poo and scream? Instead... Read this book title again and think about how pretty the cover design is. Is dog poo pretty? Nope. And I definitely don't want to be thinking about it at every stoplight. Look, there's a Wendy's. Next section. Shirts smell better after a few days clean. All of a sudden, I reeked a B.O. after just an hour of wearing a fresh tee. I got rid of all my t-shirts, thinking that they were made of terrible fabrics. 100% polyester, 100% cotton. It didn't seem to matter which fabric I wore. I learned this after splurging on seven new 100% cotton t-shirts with excellent quality reviews from consumers. Okay, it must be me. I am now smelling differently. My sweat composition must be different. It is. Turns out that going a few days without sugar improved my scent just a little bit. I'm not 100% sure on this, but it seems like sugar causes bad B.O., at least for me. Let me know. Let me know if you have bad B.O. It would be great to know in the comments. Yeah. Next section. Zero months sober from sugar, where we see addiction next. Hi, I'm Trev. I'm an addict. Hi, Trev. How many months sober? Well, I just finished a six-pack of donuts on the way here, so I guess zero. 
I was doing well, but my social anxiety around this event got the best of me. Next section. Yes. Will an upcoming date motivate me to behave? It didn't. I haven't had the best of luck with ladies in my lifetime. Even my ex-girlfriends were constantly saying how they had settled on this skinny, nerd-like creature without any life aims or ambitions. They made excuses not to hang out with me, and instead went out to party or allegedly cheat. I'm not talking about cheat as in cheat day, if you know what I mean. But newly single, I thought for sure that the desire to find a girlfriend would motivate me to clean up my ways. It didn't. I ended up going on dates with red flaky skin, occasionally terrible BO, and little to no self-confidence. No, no, no. I was the one with red flaky skin, terrible BO, and self-confidence issues. Just describing me there. So... All of my fellow addicts out there, I hate to break it to you, but dates are not going to motivate you. You have to clean yourself up for you and you only. I'm sorry to the ladies who had to endure the B.O. Next section. Support groups for accountability. Reddit, etc. What I think is great, communities to talk about your binge eating with others. That's what I think is great. What I think is not so great, communities to talk about your binge eating with others. You need to be able to handle feedback if you plan on joining these communities. If you can't, you will be eaten alive. Social media has some good things going for it in terms of connection. It also has some bad things going for it in terms of connection. Are you tired of my vague responses? Do I sound like a consultant yet? It depends, hee <laughs> hee. We just have people hiding behind computer screens, giving advice and offering criticisms without knowing the full picture. Tread carefully and be prepared for the haters. They're struggling too, and likely just want to vent at anyone they can get a hold of. If you have thick skin, give these support communities a try. If not, consider an offline group. Or fill your fringe. Just saying. Just saying. Next section. Grapes. A sugar fix without the crash. In moderation. Another secret tip brought to you by Trev. Grapes are a nice way to swap junk food for natural healthy sweetness. I like the red ones. I hope you do, too. Extra, extra. Alcohol is sugar. Not. So, we know donuts, ice cream, and cake are sugar. Did we know alcohol is, too? Oops. Nope. That myth was busted. If you look at the nutrition label of beer, it looks like the health quality of water. It's also confusing. Alcohol actually makes us obese because it quickly metabolizes into fat upon digestion. There are many studies saying alcohol converts to sugar, but it's really fat. You can see why food consumption is so confusing for the everyday shopper. And as I'm reading this, I'm just thinking I did a section called Fats or Friends. The, the, the healthy fats. There's multiple different kinds of fats. 
We can take this confusion across the board for sugary items like bread, yep, granola bars, definitely, and protein powders, you betcha. No one taught us how to navigate the grocery store and say no to things, but here we are, out in the wilderness, fending for ourselves. Luckily, I never became an alcoholic because that would be a more expensive endeavor than junk food. Each pint costs serious money and goes down easier than a pint of ice cream. Can I get a refill? Next section. Candy is not funny, but I'll have some. Who wants Coke bottles and gummy worms? I know I do. Glad you've made it this far. Thanks for sticking with me. This book is a bit chaotic, but it wouldn't be an addict's book if it wasn't. Did you fill your fridge yet? I'm not sure if I've said anything here to clarify, but you should probably fill your fridge with wholesome foods. Not candy. Candy is not funny, but I'll have some. Next section. Memory loss. Initial signs. I hit the age of 30 and noticed my memory was faltering a bit. Strange. I've had relapses before, but now it had turned into several short-term memory failures within a day. Surely sugar is to blame here. Mm, Don't call me Shirley. After just a few days off of sugar, I noticed a bit of an improvement in memory. We'll see how things go over time. I hope it's not Alzheimer's. Next section. The AA model for recovery. Here are the 12 recovery steps for alcoholics pulled from Wikipedia. Reliable source. I wonder if we can apply them to junk food addiction. Number one. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number ten, continued to take personal inventory. When we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Those are the 12 steps. This doesn't really work for me. I'm agnostic. I'm sure atheists would burn this list at the stake. Great principles, though, and this has worked for millions of people. It's good scaffolding. Something to look into.
Next section. Shopping the outer edges of the grocery store is flawed. The bakery is there. Hmm? Right? I've been to some grocery stores where the food and vegetable... (laughs) I've been to some grocery stores where the fruit and vegetables are in the middle. Stop telling me to stay on the outside. (sighs) Also, the bakery is always around the edges. Come on, professor. That grocery store food will never leave us. Always haunt us. It's waving. Saying hello. Come on down to the soda aisle. We have just what you're looking for. Yeehaw. Coca-Cola? How about grape soda? Have you seen Yoda? Makes you want McDonald's just thinking about it. Too many choices. Must have fast food instead. I hate you, grocery store. Why do you have to be so mean to me? Next section. Playful cereals and kids equals ew. I know we're talking adult to adult here. But what about kids? We're feeding them colorful cereals and tasty granola bars when they're essentially all candy. Oh, I really need me some Lucky Charms about now. When I was a wee little child, I would eat the regular flakes and save the marshmallows until the end. That way I could get me a hefty sugar fix in one sip, all in the hopes of catching that rainbow. Or is it the pot of gold? Ah, shucks. I'll grab onto anything. I'm single, remember? The biggest, (laughs) bigger problem with society. How many others are affected by something as simple as sugar, yet no regulation? Next section. I hope you enjoyed that Irish accent that I just kind of pulled out of thin air. I don't really have any practice on that, so. Okay, next section. Okinawa and fast food. This is a good one. At one point in the 90s, Okinawa, Japan, had the best longevity life expectancy out of any other city in the world. Within a decade... They dropped substantially in the rankings. The reason for this? Fast food! Okinawans were introduced to the Western diet in the 90s, resulting in dramatic food shifts away from what was once filled with clean vegetables and fish. Incidences of Okinawans dying in their 60s is common now. If this doesn't outline the impact of fast food on our bodies and our nations, I don't know what will. Well, this section was serious. I was supposed to be scientific. Sorry. In conclusion, we now know why so many Japanese people eat at McDonald's. Tasty. Next section. Diet plans for cheap. You might be thinking, Trev, I want to eat clean, but I can't afford it. Doubt it. While I munched away on pounds and pounds of junk food, I was consuming way more than my body was supposed to be consuming. Why? Addiction. When you eat clean, your stomach shrinks in size from all that junk food inflammation disappearing from your body. You lose weight. You require less food to soothe your soul. Less food equals less dollars. 
Although the price of vegetables is skyrocketing, you can still get your nutrients for less cost than the continuous binges we are typically habituated to. Just follow my shopping list in a previous section to help you take the first steps to filling your fridge the healthy way. Next section. Carnivores and vegans. Every modern book about food must contain something about vegans and carnivores. It's the law. I'm not sure which fad diet is best for you. Maybe none of them. I'm agnostic to all of it. What I do see is Okinawans and the Mediterranean people followed a very similar diet to pescatarians. We're talking seafood greens, some fruit. And I'm simplifying here, but the diets are essentially clean of processed sugars and junk carbs. These people lived the longest on this kind of diet, supplemented with consistent exercise. Vegans are still allowed sugar and junk carbs. Just animals are a no. They are likely the most addicted to sugar due to improper meal planning and nutrition deficits. Carnivores have certainly not lived long if we look at the Inuit and wolves. Both are coniferous. Even Mexicans with their love of ground beef and tacos haven't exactly been at the top of the longevity list. They're about 48th in the world, give or take. So we seem to be choosing elimination diets on a whim without studying long-term effects on health. No wonder there is such a problem with obesity and binge eating. If I look at the data, I would say that the body is designed for a balanced, whole food, plant-based diet, most closely resembling the Mediterraneans and pre-fast food Okinawans. That is the diet I'm moving towards in order to stop this addiction properly. Once again, not a dietitian here, just going with the facts from smarter people than myself. See what your body reacts to best and stick with that, unless it's sugar. You slimy little addict, you. Next section. Centenarians living on a sugar diet. Now, there seem to be exceptions to the rule of sugar-free diets. The French consume bread and wine while still having an incredible longevity rank of fifth, fifth place in the world as of 2018. Let's note here that the French food they consume is not genetically modified, unlike those little Debbies you're about to eat. Also, you will find instances where centenarians are eating ice cream every day, without any problems. They likely have some genetic miracles going on. They get out and move, or they only have ice cream in moderation. That really is the goal here, life moderation. We're supersized, like we've super, <laughs> we're supersized, and we've supersized everything so much that moderation has become non-existent in Western society. Thanks to healthcare, we are able to keep unhealthy folks alive longer, which also explains why people get away with murder. Pop a pill here to keep your heart ticking. Consume anything you like. Medications can only take us so far. The real medication is a moderated life. But hey, the longest living person of all time smoked, so who knows, maybe fried chicken is good for you. Next section, 
Fasting is a nice idea, but not a reality with binge eaters. Here's a controversial topic. You can skip breakfast. I did this during my severe junk food addiction. It obviously didn't work so well for me. Sometimes I would skip a whole day of eating and go absolutely crazy the next day. I should mention that intermittent fasting is an excellent idea as long as you're eating consistently. Um, Consistently, not constantly. (laughs) For instance, I will stop eating by 7 p.m. at night, then eat again by by 9 a.m. the next day. This routine seems to be working for me right now. No late night drives to a chicken joint, no binges on potato chips. If you're binge eating, scheduling meals is really effective. Just make sure you can get into a standard food prep routine. I'm not the best cook. I need to have simple meals. I'll do a 9am nutrient-dense veggie smoothie. We'll show the ingredients in the upcoming section, which is basically the same ingredients as a portion of the same ingredients on my shopping list. Um, At noon, I'll do a fruit and nut bowl. Dinner is fish and greens. No snacking in between. These nutritious meals are keeping my food cravings at bay. Depending on your schedule, you might need to modify your approach. My fridge is now always filled with my shopping list. Always. When I fast, it's strategically planned. Maybe with time I can go back to skipping breakfast. There's a hair on my screen. Let me... That would be my hair. Next section. High protein, high fat. If you're depressed, binging, not eating, or just have a problem with food, try consuming a high protein, high fat meal for breakfast. Try it. You could just follow my smoothie recipe, adding a clean scoop of protein powder to it. What this does is it makes you full for the day. It regulates your mood. It keeps your hunger in check. For healthy fats, I like avocados, olive oil, and coconut oil in moderation. I must be a millennial. Woke. Next section. Sugar distributors are drug dealers. Here's an outrageous thought. The sugar industry is a group of drug manufacturers with bakeries as the distributors or drug dealers. Seem far-fetched? Far-fetched? (laughs) Far-fetched. Not really. When you go to the grocery store, donuts are always the first to go. Bakeries use a primary ingredient to keep their regular... Bakeries use a primary ingredient to keep their regulars coming back for more sugar. Nutrition labels are non-existent in a bakery, as you see piles and piles of cookies just looking up at you, waiting to be devoured with your sweet, sweet drool. (laughs) The same people go to these places every day, me, grabbing the same sugary goods. Bakeries are drug dealers, and they never disappoint. Next section. Morning smoothie to curb cravings. Here's my ingredients list for that smoothie. Frozen berries, just a handful. 
hemp protein, chia seeds, cucumber, broccoli, or cauliflower. I like cauliflower. Cauliflower, I find, blends easier. Broccoli, not so much. Uh, coconut oil, avocado, pink salt, the Himalayan kind. Oh, yeah. Coconut milk, unsweetened. Water. Lots of people throw in bananas, chocolate, tons of berries, sweetened milks, sugary protein powders, etc., 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 making the smoothie taste nice and sweet while giving you a major sugar hit. Be careful there. I'm of the belief that the smoothie should not taste amazing. You're trying to fill yourself up to prevent binging, not binge on liquefied sugar. By making this smoothie, I have over two liters of liquid to keep me at bay for the day. Yes, I'll drink two liters of this, spread out over breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You might not need so much, but I'm being proactive. Try making the smoothie when your willpower is strongest. Otherwise, you won't stick to the plan. Next section. Stop the weird short-term fitness challenges. Hey everyone, let's do a 30-day fitness boot camp challenge! Yay! Day 31. That was brutal. Let's get a blizzard from Dairy Queen! You'll just go back on the wagon, bigger and badder than ever before. 30-day challenges rarely ever work with a habit change because the whole time you're just thinking about messing up on day 31. This is you keeping the junk food demon nearby without fully eradicating it. Sure, a 30-day sugar-free challenge might work for some, but crossing off calendar days is a short-term solution to a deeper problem. You're once again using motivation to fuel your lifestyle changes. People don't want to do 30 days of push-ups or 30 days sugar-free. They want a lifetime habit of those things. How many people end up gaining weight after drastically losing weight? Well, let's look at a show called The Biggest Loser for more context. Contestants on The Biggest Loser compete by drastically losing weight. A group of people with similar life challenges are all working together to achieve amazing goals. It's a great concept. I read an article that studied post-show contestants. Of the 14 studied, 13 regained their weight. Several were even heavier than before the show. It turns out that these people would return to their normal lives and situational circumstances. Hmm... The tasty stresses of life. When there is no team accountability, who will falter? A short-term group challenge is a nice idea because it holds people accountable in situations where they might not have the willpower to go it alone. Keywords, nice plus idea. Psychologically, we seem to be flawed. Beyond these fitness challenges... We are isolated with our thoughts and behaviors. We think about that drive through on the way home and decide, hey, no one's looking. Let me grab, or let me sneak, let me just sneak in and grab a treat or a dozen. 
Um, the epic cookie jar. Will you give in when you're all alone and no one's looking? Next section. People who should be healthy aren't. During my online dating adventures, I've come across many people who are gym rats or hiking enthusiasts, yet they are still obese. Where am I going with this? Turns out they bring junk food and alcohol with them in their backpacks and smoothie cups. Jokes, except the obese part. When we exercise, we feel entitled to indulge afterwards. I just hiked 10 kilometers, so I'm going to eat at that burger joint with unlimited french fries and milkshakes. There's a saying, burning the candle at both ends. Hey, these people should be healthy. They're burning calories. They're getting outdoors. Calories in, calories out, baby. I should mention another disclaimer. Better late than never. Throughout this book, if you feel offended or fat-shamed in any way, please remember that I am a junk food addict, trying to be an ex-junk food addict, and I'm ashamed about my situation as much as you might be about yours. We're in this together, not against each other. XOXO, Trev. Next section. Exercises from home. Here are some quick exercises to do at home when you're strapped for time or looking to fill your day with something else besides junk food. You will need to Google the correct form for each. Warm up, back stretch, cat stretch, downward dog, cobra, squat stretch, hammies, shoulder turns, self hugs, high knees, punches, lunges. Strength, alternating bicep curls, squats, shrugs, shoulder presses, dips, bent over rows, push-ups, side plus front raises, pike push-ups, bicep curls, calf raises, hammer curls, diamond push-ups, core, plank, donkey kicks, in and outs, bicycle, mountain climbers, side planks, Russian twists, flutter kicks. If you can train your body with a daily exercise habit, you will see significant results in no time, and you will feel better about yourself. If you like your body more, you will take care of it more. There is no excuse with these exercises, which all together take less than 30 minutes to do. You can go even smaller and just like do 10 push-ups a day, like if it's too much. But I'm just saying this list, 30 minutes. When I was binging on food, I spent more than two hours per day traveling around, picking up the junk, and devouring it. <laughs> when you stop the addiction, you need to fill your time with something else, something to keep you away from that relapse. Exercise is one excellent way to prevent relapse. Find an activity you gravitate towards and go for it. If you're struggling to leave the house, something I struggle with daily, Start with my routine above. All you need is a few dumbbells, or you can just lift your cat or dog. Lift those cat dogs. Meow, woof. Meow, woof. Next section. 
Never shop in a grocery store past 11 a.m. With <laughs> That's not a typo. It is 11 a.m. That's definitely what I meant here. And we'll go through this. Willpower is weakest when we're tired or stressed out. That usually hits a peak at the end of the workday. Always aim for early mornings when it comes to grocery shopping. You'll be more likely to buy healthy things when your mind is well-rested and the lineups are non-existent. Who goes grocery shopping at 7 a.m.? No one. Perfect. I'll go at that time. I've shopped at all hours of the day in order to satisfy impulses. One thing I notice is that any time after 11 a.m. is crazy busy. If you can get in before people wake up, you're golden. Crowds of people add to the stress of the shopping experience, just like shopping the week before Christmas. Pull yourself out of that unnecessary situation by avoiding grocery stores at peak times. Also, never shop when you're hungry. Big mistake. That's when junk food overload happens. Next section. Walking. Walking allows you to think calmly about things. Plus, it's a nice form of gentle exercise for all ages. Nothing beats a walk outdoors on a sunny day. Rainy days are fun too. There might be times when you just want to stay in and binge, binge, binge. If you can get outside, you will see drastic shifts to your life. I find that my creativity skyrockets when doing a walk or run. I come up with a plethora, I always wanted to use that word, of ideas and capture them on a notes app. For those suffering from obesity, depression, or lack of desire to do anything, a walk is a great step in the right direction. Is that an accidental pun? Next section, Netflix addiction. Speaking of binging, I just wanted to mention that Netflix, YouTube, and all of these streaming platforms are fueling bad behaviors that we have yet to understand the impacts of. At the end of the day, all we want to do is grab a glass of wine and Little Debbie's, sit on the couch, watch 25 episodes of one season of one show we've never heard of before. We're skipping real relationships for a consumptive lifestyle, and it's destroying us as a whole. One addiction can lead to another, and Netflix is the perfect partnership with junk food. Luckily, I'm not on Netflix, but I have a TV with this YouTube app on it. Someone's screaming in the hallway. Um, Luckily, I'm not on Netflix, but I have a TV with this YouTube app on it. I can absolutely say that it is so addicting that I would go grab a pint of ice cream to devour while watching random useless things. It got to a point where I would have to have ice cream in my hand in order to watch something. This goes for movies, too. I would download a movie that interested me and require at least an ice cream pint to go with it. 
and usually three donuts, taking movie watching to the ultimate junk food extreme. Why are we doing this? To escape our miserable lives? We want to get away from the disaster that is our reality by filling it with disastrous habits. Ah, tis the life of an addict. Next section. Comedian addicts. A good portion of stand-up comedians are known for their substance abuse, and I don't think this will change anytime soon. Why is that? Well, in order to survive as a comedian on a stage, you have to take gigs that happen at a range of ungodly hours. Some acts happen at midnight and well into the early morning. Good luck having a proper sleep schedule with that. Then, what happens is they need to eat at some point, yet because of scheduling, they're rushed to grab whatever they can at a 24-hour drive through One thing that club... One thing that the club host asks a performing comedian is what they'd like to drink or eat. To take the edge off those nerves and jitters, most gravitate to alcohol while they wait to go on stage. Perhaps some junk food, too. Then other comedians might be into drugs. Peer pressure ensues. I recently came across a podcast episode of these comedians talking about hard drugs like it was candy in a candy shop. I've taken a range of different substances just as a way of experimentation. Try everything once. Yay! Nothing too hard, but I could tell I wasn't 100% after taking them. We numb the sensations we are afraid of, yet we shouldn't suppress them. It's natural to feel nervous before going on stage. It's natural to feel uncomfortable when doing uncomfortable things. We don't really need drugs for that. When I used junk food as a way of dealing with stress, I became more stressed. Nothing changed for the better. I just wanted more and more and more and more and more. Now, not all comedians are addicts, and what's exciting is the number of ways we can entertain people these days. Beyond just the stage. With this excitement comes more stress and more stupid decisions while we navigate our ways. It's best to tap into our mind and not let the impulses get the best of us. Also, it's all easier said than done, which is why food, sleep, and exercise can have positive impacts on stress management in unique job situations. Next section. Handling social outings. If you don't want to become a hermit, there are ways to prep yourself for the peer pressure of junk food in social situations. Be the designated driver and go with water. Don't eat anything. Ha, just kidding, kind of. I know water doesn't seem like the cool choice, but we're talking about your life here. It would be cooler if you lived a few more years. Maybe just say you want to maintain a healthy lifestyle if your friends are receptive to your feelings. And look for menu items that resonate with a cleaner option. The worst thing you can do is order something out of peer pressure and stress out about it afterwards. Realize that perfection isn't always going to be there. And that's okay. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna 
means no worries for the rest of your lives. If you can be firm in your ways, that will make you more attractive to others. Saying exactly what you believe and value will always be respected over a weak disposition. When it's all said and done, saying a firm no thank you is usually enough to kill the social pressure. You're on a, you're on a mission and it's your journey. Don't let others take you off the path. That sounded very spiritual. Next section. Emotions in relationships with food. There's a secret end goal for you here. A goal that I haven't really connected the dots for you yet. With all these sprinkled in attempts at humor, I'm trying to develop a healthy relationship with food for you and for me, selfishly. Beyond these words being just a self-therapy exercise for me, these words are meant to make junk food seem comical, in a sense. Something we can laugh at. Something we can observe from a distance. Run-on sentence, anyone? If we approach junk food addiction with an air of seriousness and distaste, we will never recover from the silly reality that we've been damaging our bodies for nothing. Now, you might be saying it's not funny, but it really is. The more you can poke fun at your situation, the quicker you can move past it. If your addiction is scary, it will always be looming in front of you, like that blood-sucking vampire from Twilight. If you can poke fun at the elephant in the room, the elephant will become harmless to you. It's a rewiring of the brain. We look at dark things and often say we have no way out of this. Instead, how can you shine light on this situation? Poke fun at it. I'm not an advocate of self-deprecation unless your life needs a kickstart. Or you're too serious about critical feedback. Or you're human. When you look at junk food as something there, but not ruling your life, you're effectively disassociating yourself from the devil. That's healthy. As people are yelling in my adjacent, my adjacent neighbor, a lunatic. Um, okay, next section. <laughs> Let's power through this. Life transformation. Certainly my life is far from perfect both before and after the addiction issues. However, there are some profoundly positive differences I'm noticing, even just after a few days of cutting out sugar. Before we get into that, let's look at my life quality before, during, and after the addiction. Before the addiction, I was skinny and fairly healthy, swimming daily. I had written and illustrated many children's books in my spare time and on bus commutes, and then I published them. I wake up feeling tired most days, and I wasn't sure why. The diet was semi-clean, with occasional treats. During the addiction, I was jobless, girlfriendless, and rapidly spending money on junk I didn't need. Moneyless. Every day was a hangover. I started gaining fat around my abdominal area, which is a sign of serious health problems. Death. My skin deteriorated to the point where I had red, dry, flaky rashes under my face. Who would date that? 
I was slower in the pool. I was slower with everything. I had mood issues. I got angry over nothing. I had constant afternoon naps and morning naps and evening naps. My sleep was a disaster, waking at 2 p.m. some days. My mind was always thinking about donuts and ice cream at least five hours per day. The world seemed gray and lifeless. People seemed so far away from me, even my family. After the addiction, I started losing some weight in my abdominal area. My sleep improved within days. My mood self-regulated. I had more energy to do the things I had been putting off. The world appeared a little more comfortable. The world appeared a little more colorful to me. I was able to think clearly about life and my future. I was able to write this book. Here's to hoping your life transforms too. Bonus section that didn't make the cut. Oh, I was supposed to say next section. Not that it, not that it totally is critical, but um, yeah, bonus section that didn't make the cut. Here is a section that didn't make the cut called "What is going through my head during cravings." Here we go. I want a donut. Ideally, the honey cooler. Yes. I'm going to leave my apartment today and grab that honey cooler just for today. Just one donut. Tomorrow, I'll go back to eating my vegetables. Just one day. Just one day. I'll grab my car keys. Maybe I should walk. No. The car keys. Then I can hit up multiple locations faster before they run out. I should throw out these three bags filled with empty ice cream containers on my way down. Walking down the stairs. I wonder if I should be doing this. I mean, I just had three donuts and ice cream yesterday. Oh, let's do it. It's just one day. Just one donut. Just one day. Yes, I'll order three donuts. The honey cooler, the sour cream glaze, and the double chocolate. Oh, and can I get an ice water too? I should go to the grocery store, pick up some ice cream to go along with these donuts. Ah, let's see what's on sale. Oh, 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 Ben and Jerry's is on sale. I'll grab two pints. Then I can have another later. Oh, maybe just one pint will do. After all, I just bought three donuts. Just one pint, just one pint, just one pint. I'm so excited. Three donuts and two pints of ice cream. This is going to be a great day. Breakfast, yum. It's lunchtime and I'm feeling hungry. You know what? I think it's time for a burger at McDonald's. Oh, I have... Uh, buy one, get one coupon. You know what? Let's go for a Big Mac and Chicken McNuggets. With sweet and sour sauce. Yes. Sweet and sour sauce. Ooh, drool. Oh, drool. I think I should skip dinner. I'm not really feeling it with the vegetables tonight. Good thing I got those two pints of ice cream earlier. At least there's dessert. Oh, Ben and Jerry. Why are you so good to me? And just a final note. I did not do too much editing on this book. The best of art can oftentimes be the art that is untouched. Just came up with the idea and wrote it all in two days for you, my lovely. The hope is to give you something as raw as possible. I hope everything makes sense. If... The world can be improved from my words. 
or you feel so disgusted by my situation that you stop junk food cold turkey, that means the world to me. XO, XO, Trev. And that's it. All um, wrapping up here. And uh, if you're in a situation like this, I hope that uh, you can turn things around. And if you're noticing that you can't control things, just remember that disclaimer that I'm not a doctor or dietitian. I'm only just giving you giving you a synopsis of a crumble of my life. And the rest is sort of up to you to kind of figure it all out. And um, when you're in this position, no one else is um, no one else is going to help you at the end of the day because it's your hand and your mouth. You're the one that makes the decision. And uh, that's probably the most difficult thing. It's the fact that it's a decision that you make. Everything that goes into your body is like 87 or 89 octane when you're putting it into the gas tank. Which one you want to choose? Decisions, decisions, decisions. All these decisions. And it's challenging to kind of put this all together. And, you know, I'm going to keep talking and go beyond this book here because I think... um, Although it's a short little story, I have more to say. And if I say it direct to you, then maybe it'll it'll come across genuinely. Um, life is life is hard. Life is very hard. Um, people who are younger than me, at the point of doing this video, audio, podcast, all this stuff, um, you know, I'm thirty years old. I'm. I'm pretty young, I would say, but after seeing all these people that have had issues and have had major concerns with their life, um, and they have no, they have no way of getting out. They're literally numb to it. And mentally, they're they've deteriorated. They simply don't have the mental capacity to handle anything anymore. And it was kind of a rude awakening for me. Um, um, yeah. And well, I just I don't want other people to be struggling. I mean, there are people in their teens that are dealing with anorexia and bulimia and it's a bit of a concern. I know, you know, with my bar- marketing background, I'm supposed to stay into a, some sort of a niche, but um speaking authentically and from the heart is I would think more powerful than trying to sell people on funnels and whatnot. So I, talking about life struggles will help someone else. Someone else has a life struggle out there. And if I'm um, able to help someone, then that that's meaningful. I think that's important. Because I haven't been doing a good job at helping enough people. And going forward, I'd like to help people with problems that are that are on a global scale. Um, so it's about talking about hard things. It's talking about the issues that people don't want to talk about because that's where things change. That's where something happens. And someone actually decides like there's a spark. Oh, I'm 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 moving in this direction. And 
I try to make it as raw as possible because I'm not really interested in too much self-help. I'm more interested in in the real world, in the real hard times, and looking at that and analyzing it and what's going on in your brain. That's fascinating to me. And um, when it comes to food, it's it's such a brain thing. It's it's not. It's not any more complicated than that. It's it's thoughts. You have the decision to to buy this or that at the grocery store, and it's interesting how your thoughts can kind of take control. And um, I've bared witness to this in my own life. So, yeah. Anyway, I've gone on long enough about this. Um, you know, maybe I'll do more stories and things about this. They might not be true like this one, but maybe I'll do fictional stories, maybe something. Yeah, and we'll see how it goes. I'm just trying to, trying to do something beyond eating junk food. <laughs> and, uh, Thanks for tuning in, and uh, I hope your day is going excellently. I hope to see you around next time. Okay, take care. Bye.